Kawahatai Road heads steeply up a hill, turning into a single track and soft underfoot. My view is of bright green hills back towards Hikumutu, cows, sheep, and horses calling this home, as well as one flamboyant ostrich dancing behind a fence, her graceful feathers sensually outstretched. I come right back down again into the tiny village of Aohangau that seems set up mostly to cater to mountain bikers on New Zealand's 42 Travers. The track follows an old logging road, and I'm warned can become a muddy nightmare after rain, with several river crossings and few escape routes in this remote part of the North Island. Of course, it's raining right now, but I won't start the Travers until tomorrow. But even in this damp, I need a drink. It's been a long walk from Taumaranui, and I'm thirsty. I pass a garage where a man in coveralls is working on a car. Kiora, I say. I wonder if I might fill my water bottle. He does that, and when I thank him, he says, It's all right, as one word. And then I decide to push things a little. I wonder if you might have a beer you could sell me. He sends his 14-year-old kid, a mechanic apprentice in orange and blue coveralls, up the wooden stairs on the outside of the building, and he disappears into what I can only guess is their home. When he returns, he has a huge smile on his face, holding out an ice-cold corona and saying proudly, no charge. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I'm Allison Young. I'm the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. Like that small backpacking essential of the same name, The P-Rag shares the unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment as badass people who really don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. Thanks so much to Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the P-Rag podcast. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Lecky should be in your hands. Also, Belega, makers of the best blister-resist, non-slouching, foot-massaging socks for the long haul. I continue to be amazed at the generosity of the trail angels I meet along this path, the Te Araroa, a long-distance thru-hike of the entire length of New Zealand. I'm about two-thirds the way down the North Island, on the verge of the Tongariro National Park, the country's oldest park and a wonderland of snow-capped active volcanoes. I was able to see the enormous vanilla icing cake of Ruapehu from the last summit that I climbed in the Poriora Forest, miles and miles of bush in between. But the trail for the next two days is road, and thankfully, few cars pass as I leave Ongaru campsite. I was kept up most of the night by wailing sheep separated from their lambs. In the early morning light, it's only birds accompanying my steps. I'm out of food, and my pack is light, but my heart is heavy, and my mind worries over the coming sections. The weather is supposed to change for the worst, just as I'll come to the Alpine crossing. In the next town, I'll need to make plans for after the crossing, when the trail becomes a river, and I'll canoe down the Wanganui. It's a river so sacred, it's considered a person in Maori tradition. 
There's a big group of walkers that I camped with who made their plans last night, though not one of them invited me to join them. I probably wouldn't have wanted to go with them anyway. At best, we just didn't click, and at worst, they weren't very nice to me. I mean, I am old enough to be their mother. Maybe that's why. So on I plod all alone, not entirely sure what's in store for me, but learning to let the trail provide, even if I feel overwhelmed with details and somehow can't manage to comprehend how things all come together. Music is cranking through the fields. It's American rock hits of the 80s, even at 6 a.m. It's a shearing operation where four strong guys and wife beaters work on the sheep. It's smelly, it's messy, but they move in a kind of choreographed dance, the shearer leading and the docile sheep in a tight embrace following. At the next shed down the road, it's Thin Lizzy. I stop at a cafe called Tane's Manor for a rest, gnomes and little toadstool tables in a quiet garden. They're closed right now, but the Maori gameskeeper named Henry welcomes me. He shares sweet coffee and also his philosophy, a kind of mix of Christianity and matriarch-based wisdom. Talk to the mother while you walk, he tells me. I think about how I talk to my goddess as I walk, passing a cluster of neat homes festooned with lawn ornaments, then Henry's marae, of which he's so proud, plus a Monet-esque lily pond and bridge. I finally arrive in the town of Tamaranui, and the first sign of civilization? A McDonald's. A lovely old Kiwi catches me up driving a scooter, and he stops to chat, telling me how happy he is to finally get out of the house and ride to the golf course. As I walk up the street, I hear my name. Four hikers that I met way back in Waitomo are sitting under a tree. The Croatians, Bohan and Marco, French Alexis, and the Korean who calls himself David. They offer me greasy chips in a bag they've opened out flat on the grass. They're straight shooters, easygoing, kind. I like them. They tell me of their plans to walk a few days, make the Tongariro crossing, then canoe for just four days down the river. And suddenly, my hands full of grease stuffing in chips, the trail provides when Alexis says, why don't you come with us? We walk up a steep hill to Tamaranui canoe hire, perched above the Wanganui River, the mountains just beyond. I'm met by Karen, a Kiwi with long blonde hair and a ready smile. She's on the phone all day long, and unlike me, she keeps her cool, offering to wash my muddy clothes in between reservations and to organize a trip back into town to buy heaps of food and beer that I'll load into barrels while strapped down into the canoe, or in my case, a single kayak. She sets the five of us up in a container of bunk beds where we can stay dry as we organize for the coming days. Before tucking in, I wander down to the river to sneak in a wash to match my newly clean clothes. Then I head back up to the office, where I bear a gentle teasing from one of Karen's sons for being a nudist. <laughs> well, I thought maybe I was out of sight. But if a middle-aged, undernourished body is your idea of a thrill, good on you. 
It's at that exact moment that Karen pulls away from the phone and asks if I might want a canoe with Andrew. Andrew? He's an American hiker just like you. Wait a minute, Andrew. Isn't he the young man I met in Auckland in the pouring rain? It's exactly that guy. And I remember, even in the rain in Auckland, I had a good feeling about him. And frankly, I really don't want to kayak all alone, even if I'm supposed to stay close to my group. Sign me up. She tells me he'll meet me in Fakahoro after the crossing. I'm still a bit confused how it all comes together the next morning. Walking on the road, the air heavy with humidity, sun filtering through low-hanging gloom, and all I hear is my steady breathing as I head uphill into rolling green. I talk for a moment to a handsome horse wrangler and double-check I packed my electronics. And also wondering why I'm such a naturally nervous person. Somehow, being a beginner at thru-hiking and not the expert causes me stress and self-doubt. A man signals his dogs with whistles, and they move the cattle. In another paddock, cows run down the hill to check out this walker in their neighborhood. The rain comes just as I leave the tiny village of Ohango, but dries up in time for me to set up the alley coop next to my friends in a spectacular spot right above the Fakapapa River. I cross the bridge to wash up, climbing down to boulders smoothed by flooding, and laughing to myself about being caught out stripping nude last night. Just as I dip in my toes, two fio, rare blue ducks who can fish in fast-moving water, swim by. I may be a beginner at thru-hiking, and I have no idea if the weather will cause me trouble ahead. I feel tentative with every decision I make, and yet these ducks appear like an omen. They're a good luck sign, I think, that all will be well. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I share these stories walking long-distance trails as a solo, middle-aged female hiker in the hopes that I can empower you to reach for your dreams and hike your own hike, too. If you're enjoying the storytelling, consider subscribing to The P-Rag wherever you get your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple, take a moment to leave a review. That really helps others like you find the podcast. The morning is gray and ominous, foggy, but no rain yet. There's something really cool about walking overland to the national park and having it just reveal itself. Walking is such a metaphor for life. Unless it's a race, you can't really push it. You set your pace, and then you walk every step to where you're going. And it goes as it goes. David is gone when I get up, and then I'm next. I'm not particularly fast, but I am steady, and this is uphill for the next several hours. I arrive at the first of four streams in a large waterfall cascading down moss-covered rock. The forest is huge and, per usual, filled with birds. It's a sanctuary here in the Tongariro Forest for kiwi, with well-placed traps for pests all along the trail. It's also a sanctuary for plants, including a rare carnivorous parasite which attaches to an unsuspecting, more common plant. 
I can see far over deep chasms to pointy humps of hills in the distance. My trail twists and turns with the terrain. Spooky cliffs look down on me. I cross a river, water up to my shins, plowing through, just as Bohan catches me and takes off his shoes for the crossing. And then I come to the Waione Coker's Track, an overgrown series of puddles. This is supposed to be a mountain bike path, but it's deeply rutted and steep, unmaintained in deep bush. There's not too much more to go, but will this lead me to a total washout day of rain and mist? I know, nothing good can come from being angry about the weather. And then I totally lose the trail at a junction of streams. I mean, I'm standing at a sign, so it's close. But where? Up, found it. The trail is actually a stream leading to a river. It's cold, it's fast, it's up over my knees. I put the loops of my sticks firmly over my wrists and face upstream, slowly shuffling across. I go up and up on slippy mud, and at the top, I see the mountains of the Tongariro National Park, blue on gray. Around a bend, I'm surprised by a man eating an apple, leaning against his four-by-four, his leg at a jaunty angle. Matthew is his name, and he's a trapper who hands me two oranges and offers me a ride for the one kilometer remaining. I don't really feel like I'm cheating in this rutted nightmare of mud and puddles, so I accept. Matthew puts on a helmet as I climb in, wondering why the passenger seat is filled with sticks and leaves. I soon figure that out as we bounce, drop, tip, bang, and create steam after driving through deep pools, and also shred plant life flying down that narrow path. I try not to let my head bang as we turn sideways, practically wiping out, Matthew still eating his apple and working the shifter to keep us heading through. It's not enough, and we come to an abrupt stop in a narrow channel of thick clag. I can't open my door, so I have to climb over him to get out, pulling a winch to a nearby tree. It takes a few pulls, the tree leaning precariously, before Matthew does manage to get us unstuck. I've never known a better driver, and I certainly have never had such a ride ever in my life. I'm glad I'm still here to tell the tale. At the road, I catch up with David. He's a slender, very quiet Korean man of 60 who tells me on the final bit of trail that he's climbed El Capitan four times. He's soloed Denali, but he's retired now, guiding just for fun. He's already walked the South Island of New Zealand, and he's walking the North Island on reconnaissance. We filter water at a hard-to-reach stream as Alex, Bohan, and Marco arrive, setting up near the parking lot just in the nick of time as the rain pours down hard and we all have to dive into our respective tents. Inside, I muse on my purpose each day, and to be honest, the purpose of each step. Sometimes, it's as simple as discovering if I'm even capable of managing a through-hike of this proportion, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually. All the challenges of bad trail, sometimes less than exemplary companions, and the erratic weather. 
But these last few days have emphasized my discomfort with not knowing what's ahead, or maybe more accurately, my discomfort not being expert enough to figure out how I'll manage what's ahead. The late life coach Barbara Sher wrote, You can learn new things at any time in your life if you're willing to be a beginner. If you actually learn to like being a beginner, the whole world opens up to you. (laughs) My friend Karen would sum it up a bit more succinctly. She tells me, be brave enough to suck at something new. I'm not that brave. Or am I? I may not be expert, yet I got here, walking every single step. I brought the food I needed, I didn't get lost or hurt, and I set my tent in a place where I didn't get flooded when it started to pour rain. The rain does finally let up, and we all peek out tentatively, finding dry spots to park ourselves and make our dinners. Tomorrow there's a long road walk to the park entrance, and then my first alpine crossing in New Zealand. As it stands, though, the thunderstorms are supposed to arrive midday, So we decide to leave at four in the morning, making the crossing just as the sun comes up. Well, I realize I made a good choice to hook up with these guys, men who are no fuss and no muss, and willing to let me in on their plans, even if that's no guarantee anyone but myself is looking out for me. I am confused and uncertain. I mean, everyone knows it. I wear my insecurity on my sleeve. But with every single step I take, I get just that much more of an expert. Thanks so much to Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the P-Rag podcast, also Belega Socks. You can subscribe to the P-Rag for free, and if you listen on Apple, please leave a rating and a review. Show notes and more about my hikes all over the world, including photos, are at my website, thepirag.com. Hi, Alison. You did really well with getting a Macron over the vowels in this. I'm impressed. Uh, you might have done it in the past, but I, I haven't remembered noticing. Anyway, those words are... Next week, it up. is the Tongariro Alpine Crossing oh, well, and a wonderful birthday. Until then, my friends, kia kaha, kia kaha and happy trails. <laughs>